guys welcome back to a love that for you we have a really fun kind of much needed episode today it is just with me and my friend from pursuit of bliss um i don't know if you guys know of her or have heard of her but she is amazing basically like a life coach and throughout this episode you see that she basically is coaching me through my life through manifestation and meditation all of these different things that she has come to learn throughout her experiences in life Um, And I wanted to bring that to you guys because I think in tough times or any specific time, um, especially now, it's important to really dive into like what you, first of all, meditation and not everyone is good at meditating. I definitely not myself, but I think just like learning about that, learning about um, how to be one with yourself and at a time now when we are all still mostly at home. Um, kind of figuring out like your life and what you really want to be doing and she is so great at manifesting that she believes so highly in manifestation and I think even if you're not fully there and fully believe it it is still so important to like learn about it and hear about it because there are so many things that just happen and it all is because of manifestation so I wanted to bring her on today since she is the expert and have you guys listen Um, so that is what today's episode is about and it is just me and her so I'm gonna get her on here so without further ado here is Kristen okay I want to hear about like all of your experiences because I know like this with when you talk about like mindset and everything it's definitely something that like resonates with me and that's why I found you and I was like this is perfect because like I used to deal with a ton of anxiety and I think a lot of listeners also deal with that and like one thing is like they just like push it down and like push it away and like Mm -hmm. don't realize that it's like also affecting so many other things um but like before we start like get into it I kind of just wanted you to give me like just give me like a little background of like what you actually do um and like where you're from and everything yeah definitely well first of all thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here and um yeah so I'm a manifestation coach and I kind of got into this about a year and a half ago or so um, about a year and a half ago to give you a, a kind of a, a brief background of, of how I got to where I am doing this is a year and a half ago, I was completely broke, miserable, living, sharing a bedroom in a tiny apartment in Colorado, working a nine to five job that I absolutely freaking hated, just like drained oh. the life out of me. Um, yeah. and that kind of pushed me into, you know, figuring out, okay, I, I can't live like this anymore. And I started studying manifestation and it started to really change my life. And um, I ended up leaving that job. I ended up starting my business, uh, started manifesting five-figure months right away, moved into uh, a villa in Bali, straight up my vision board, just kind of my whole vision board began to come to life really quickly. And so that was when I was like, oh, maybe I should share this with people. Like, this is really working for me. I know it can work for others. Like, let me try to teach them. And that's kind of how my business was born. And now that's what I do is I get to teach people how to harness the power of manifestation and through mastering their inner world, consciously create and design the external reality that they want to experience. And um, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy journey, but um, yeah, I I truly do love it, and I uh, I wish that everyone was able to experience the magic of a manifestation when you truly dive into what it really means to manifest. Right. So wait, did you say you're from Colorado? Are you from? So I lived in Colorado for about a year. I grew up in California. 
uh, spend most oh, of wow, my life over there. The place. <laughs> yeah, and then I spend a few years living around the world: Bali, Costa Rica, Mexico. Uh, so then cool. moved to Colorado, um, and now I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, that's really cool. And I feel like it's cool that you. I mean, when you were young, you didn't picture like doing this as your career and that's kind of what happened to me too it's like this is not the career like that I chose but Mm -hmm. like it was something that just kind of happened and then like you fell into it now it's like something you love right exactly that's I think that's how the best things come to life or the the ones that you don't plan when I was a kid I thought I was going to be a teacher I even went to grad school to get a teaching credential and I started teaching and I was like oh wait (laughs) this is not for me and kind yeah. of freaked out and then tried like four or five other careers until this literally fell into my lap. Um, so is that what your nine to five job was? So I was teaching a few years ago and then I moved into uh, waitressing. I worked at a sandwich shop. I tried network marketing. I tried food blogging. Everything failed. And so then I was like, oh, yeah. I guess last case scenario, let me get a nine to five desk job because, you know, I felt It'll really be like- pressured. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I got the 9-to-5 job, which was just, you know, your regular desk job, um, and that was in 2018-2019, and that was the last gotcha. regular job I had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because I did, like, similar similar to the same thing when I was trying to build, like, my blog. I was like, I just need – part of me was like, I'm not going to give up on this because this is what I really want to do, mm-hmm. and the other part of me was like – in the back of my mind, like I didn't want to admit it, but I was like, well, like what if it doesn't work out and do yeah. need to have like some stable income? So I was like looking around for other jobs that I know I would have like a straight like salary. And I feel like that's also another thing for people is like they they see a nine to five as a bad thing, which I definitely don't think that it is. Mm-hmm. Like it obviously works for some people, mm-hmm. but like for me and obviously for you, it was just like not fulfilling whatever we we're going to fulfill and like for you it didn't come until you realize that which is like exactly so hard for people yeah it it is and yeah I feel the same way like nothing is in itself good or bad whatever the job is it just depends Mm -hmm. on yeah how you feel and your energy and yeah it was so out of alignment for me that I was so unhappy all the time and yeah yeah but I kind of at that point I kind of felt out of control of my life. And I was like, this is the only option. This is what my parents mm-hmm. did. This is what I see everyone else around me doing. I guess yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I was like listening to your podcasts and like just hearing about like all the stuff that your experiences and everything. Yeah. Um, so I guess you kind of explained like why you quit your job, but maybe you can, I know you talked about like your journey from like anxiety and kind of like the steps mm. that you took. Maybe you can talk about like, if you want to go into detail about the anxiety, you don't have yeah. to obviously. And then like kind of how you got out of it. Cause like, I definitely have dealt with that in my life and it's been like something that I've like gone to therapy for, but also just kind of realized that it's like a part of me. And that was like the big trigger for me was like realizing like, I'm not going to get rid of this, but like learning Mm -hmm. how to deal with it is like, what's going to help. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I went through a big journey with anxiety as well, especially, I mean, I think everyone experiences it to some extent, but you know, a year and a half ago or so it was really taking over my life. Um, And what I've found is that, what is worse than the anxiety itself is our resistance to having anxiety and our judgment of it and our need to push it away and our need to feel happy right away. And so when you kind of take that layer away and you get to this place where it's like, okay, anxiety is here right now, 
And that's okay. Like this is a temporary experience. And I truly believe that every single emotion or anything we experience, it's a messenger. It's letting us know something. So when we go from this victim to, oh, I'm feeling anxious. There's nothing I can do. I hate this. I need to feel better right now to, okay, this doesn't feel good, but can I accept that anxiety is here? And then listen to see if why is anxiety here? What is this trying to tell me? Like what is out of alignment right now that is creating this this internal feeling? Because if we just try to push it away immediately, it gets worse and mm-hmm. we don't learn why it's there, which means it continues to come back over and over and over. So that was really huge for me was being able to accept that it's here and then, you know, just kind of like befriend it and be like, what's going on? Yeah. Like what do you have to share with me? And that's helped me tremendously. Yeah. Were there like certain just like steps that you took or I feel like I think you had like an episode about this, like kind of like your journey through like how you, I guess, overcame it or do you feel like now you're just kind of in like a spot where you kind of accept it and just like move forward? I mean, it's in and out. It comes and goes in waves. Like, you know, I have times where I wake up and I'm anxious and I'm just like a mess. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything today. Like I'm going to go lay in the grass outside. That's my therapy. (laughs) I go and I lay yeah. in the grass and I stare at the trees and I'm like, this is just what I'm yeah. doing today. No, nope, um, doing nothing. Can't get yeah, out Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I, I, ob- like I, I still have days like that. and um, But then I also have days where it comes and I'm able to, to sit with it and experience it and move through it. And um, yeah, the biggest, I think one of the things for me is being able to accept it. Um, another big part of it is being able to feel my emotions because I think a big part of anxiety is when we have repressed emotions that we're not willing to feel and we push them, push them down. And then it like bubbles up as anxiety because we have, you know, emotions are energy in motion. And when we push them, push them down, they become stagnant in our bodies. And so that can create anxiety when we have all this emotion we're not willing to feel. Um, So that's another thing is like being accepting of all of my emotions and allowing myself to actually experience them. I actually got to a place where I hadn't cried in six years Uh, and I was having this massive anxiety all the time. And so I started to go through this process of feeling my emotions and experiencing them and allowing them to be here, which was a lot of work for me. And, uh, that helped a lot because when I will like sit there and have a good cry or like experience my rage and like punch my pillows and actually let it out. And then it's no longer stuck inside me creating this anxiety all the time. Uh, so that was really big for me as well. And, um, Let's see, another, um, you know, something else I've learned is that we're not always anxious about what we think we're anxious about. So what I noticed is I would think I was really anxious. <laughs> I would think I was really anxious about work or I would think I was really anxious about whatever it was that's creating this anxiety inside me. And I'm like, well, I'm anxious about this. Like, I, I don't need to be anxious about this. Like, I know I'm going to get it all right. done or I'd be confused. And what I've realized right. is oftentimes we might have fears about some area of our life that we're not willing to face, um, that we're not willing to look at. And if we're not willing to face that, that is going to attach itself to any other area of life that it can so that we look at it. You know, it's like we have this fear around maybe a partner or we have a fear around um, a decision that we're making that might not be in full alignment, but we don't want to admit that it's not. And since we aren't willing to look at that, that fear attaches itself to other situations and creates more anxiety. Um, so a lot of it is also like, yeah. okay, what area of my life am I not willing to look at that might be slightly out of alignment because that can create anxiety in other areas of life. It's interesting. You've been able to like break it down like that. Cause when you said, um, like I get really anxious about, I'll like 
if I don't, usually I have like a routine where it's like Sundays I'll sit down and like write what I have to do for the week. Yeah. But like some Sundays are hectic. It just happens and sometimes I don't get to do it. And then Monday morning, I'm, Sunday night I don't sleep if that happens. And I'm like panicking about all the things that I have to do. And then I'll wake up Monday and I'll actually physically write them out. And I'll be like, oh, like I can actually get this done. Like it's never as much as I think it is. Or if it seems like a lot, I'll like start doing them and like checking things off the list. And I'm like, oh, like I'm I'm done. And it's like 2, like 2 p.m. on Monday. Right. Like I'm done for the week. Like right. yeah. it's like the what's in my head is like me. And it's every time. Like it is not something that I've even been able to like look past yet because it's like every week it's the same. But I still get that fear so it's yeah. interesting that you say that because it's like that is so relatable. Like I yeah, it's I think this for a lot of people we get so caught up in trying to fix. It's like oh I have anxiety about getting the work done, so I'm going to work really hard to get it done, but that's not going to solve the anxiety. That just actually makes it worse. And right. uh, you know another reason something like that that could cause anxiety. We could talk about the causes of anxiety all day long, um, but mm-hmm. this can also stem from subconscious belief systems. You know. Most of our beliefs in our subconscious mind, which create most of our emotions, were created in childhood before the age of like seven. And so let's say in childhood, you were always rewarded when you worked really hard or when you got good grades, you received words of affirmation or you received love or attention or whatever it might be. So when you're a kid, you learn that your brain made up this story that I'm more worthy when I work hard and get shit done. Like I'm more worthy when I get good grades. I'm worthy of love when I do X, Y, Z. So as an adult, these subconscious, if we've never worked through them, these subconscious stories are still playing. So suddenly we're like, oh my gosh, I might not get everything done. And your subconscious mind equates that with, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy as a human being. And that can also create anxiety. And we don't have conscious awareness that this is going on, right? Because it's in our subconscious mind. But a lot of our conscious experiences are actually stemming from subconscious belief systems that were created when we were little kids. And so doing that kind of work and having the awareness around your belief systems and starting to work through them can also really help with anxiety. Yeah, it's funny. I'm like, you need to be my therapist because like, you're just <laughs> speaking to my mind. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? Like, like before you like decided to become a coach, did you like have to – I mean, like, did you just do a lot of research and kind of, like, learn all of this? I mean, obviously, it comes from, like, what your own experiences, but, like, you're obviously very, like, um, I don't even know what the word is. Like, you know why these things happen. And I'm just like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's been a journey. Like, when I started my coaching business a year, year and a half ago, like, I didn't know everything I knew now. Um, I knew a lot about manifestation, but I've learned a lot more. And it has been kind of my journey So I, you know, hit my own rock bottom a few years ago. And so I started hiring coaches and I started taking courses and getting help. And as I was learning and growing, I started to share that with people. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I've always have a coach. I always have someone I'm working with. I always have something I'm doing. So important. I feel like people don't think about that. Exactly. And so I like, you know, right now I have two coaches. I'm constantly investing in myself. And every time I receive coaching and I have more breakthroughs, I learn more about how the brain works and how, you know, how all of this plays together. And so it's really most of this is from my own experience. I read a lot of books. I educate myself a lot. But, you know, the stuff that sticks is when you have the experiences and when you have your own breakthroughs. And um, so I, I, I would say most of what I teach has come from my own experience. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned like the mindset. Um, What was the word you used? I'm not sure. Mindset, subconscious mind. 
like kind of how and why you believe in like I think it was abundance mindset mm, yeah that you had and yeah so like for me I all like manifestation that was the other one like just yeah. how you can like think about things that you want like some people use like um mood boards or like some people mm-hmm. like you have to physically wake up like I used to put sticky notes on my wall to like wake yeah. up and see the goals that I had so that like every day I was thinking about those and obviously that stuff has worked for you like actually mm-hmm. manifesting things and thinking about that and then like it working so how did you kind of like start thinking about that and where like where did you finally realize that like oh this actually works right because like that's hard for people to realize I uh think like when what you think in your mind it's like you can easily be like no that's not gonna happen but like yeah you really believe it you know totally and you know I think manifestation gets a really bad name because of, you know, like, The Secret and things like that. People watch that documentary or, like, they listen to some manifestation videos and then they do the vision board or they whatever, do whatever, think positively, and then nothing shows up. And they're like, this is a scam. This doesn't work. It's woo-woo nonsense. Because the thing is, that was me too, right? A few years ago, I was a huge skeptic and I didn't believe it. And it wasn't until I hit a rock bottom in my life that I was like, let me give this a try and see. And it started to Mm -hmm. work for me. But the shift happened because I tried manifesting for years and was over it and was like, this is really just bullshit. Uh, and the reason it started working a few years later is because I realized I had been doing it wrong because when you look at the movies, like the secret or, you know, most of the YouTube videos of the podcast out you, they tell you to create the vision boards and like think the positive thoughts and say the affirmations. And the thing is that stuff only, that stuff does work, but only to the extent that you have inner alignment with what you're desiring to manifest. For example, we talked about subconscious mind a little bit. Your belief systems and your subconscious mind are always creating your reality. And so if we have this subconscious belief that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy of having more money, I'm not worthy of success, whatever it might be that was created when you were a kid, you can say all day long, I'm a millionaire or stare at your vision board, but that stuff's not going to show up because it's in contradiction to what your belief system says. So the biggest work around manifestation is less learning to manifest or making a vision board and more removing the layers of subconscious conditioning and programming that's not in alignment with what you want to create in your life. And that deep healing work is so transformational and that's what allows you to manifest at a higher level. So for people who are skeptical about it, I would just say, um, you know, give it another chance, but make sure you're actually doing the real manifestation work and not just the stuff that sells, the stuff that's on Netflix and the stuff that's, you know, in the self-help books or whatever it is. Right. Are there like certain things that you specifically did to kind of like allow yourself to like really believe that it was going to work? Yeah. So for me, I started really small. Like I didn't start out manifesting $10,000 or like whatever it was. I started out like manifesting like, you know, $20 and, you know, I was – skeptical in the beginning, but I began to, to do the inner work on my belief systems and I started really, really small. And so when, you know, $20 would show up, I would just be so in awe that it actually worked and that would start to build my belief. And the biggest thing I did in the beginning was I received, like I chose like a sign 
from the universe and I was on an airplane I was like all right like universe if this is real if manifestation is real like I don't know this seems silly but like you know just like <laughs> let me try me sign. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so I was like okay like I'm just gonna think of a sign and I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask for it to show up in my reality to like prove that this is real and so I just thought of like a line it popped up into my head and um I was flying to Colorado to move there and I remember going um like a week later or something I went to some festival and we were watching there was like music playing and this guy came on the first set I was there and he it's like tropical house music and the first song he plays is a remix of the Lion King theme song and I was just like oh my gosh I cannot believe this just showed up and then after that it was like non-stop lions people would send me photos of lions or like I was talking to someone and she starts describing her dog's hair. It was like a lion's mane. It just like was nonstop lions popping up everywhere. So much that like I literally couldn't even – it couldn't be a coincidence anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it was experiences Definitely a sign. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was once I like was like, all right, well, let's try this again. Like how about a zebra to show me a zebra? And yeah. I was visiting my mom and she was like, Kristen, like I want to go to a garage sale. Will you come with me? And I'm like, no, it sounds so boring. And she's like, oh, come on. And she like begs me. I'm like, fine. And uh, we drive down the street to the, gra- to the garage sale and show up and literally every single thing at the garage sale is zebra print. Like there's not one thing that is not zebra print. Um, and so it's just – It just know, can't like be that. something you expect. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and it's moments like that where I'm like, wow, this – it's happened so many times where this is not coincidence anymore. And so I use those experiences to build my belief that this is real. And, you know, I right. use that belief to – manifest the next thing and once that manifests I use that belief to manifest something bigger so it's like we're human beings need to see physical proof to believe things so um yeah you know you're it's just a matter of asking for it to show up and being willing to to look for those synchronicities so I was gonna ask you like I totally believe in like what you are saying and that that stuff is like true and real and I'm gonna kind of give you like the other side just to (laughs) see like yeah, I feel like there's going to – there always is people, somebody that would say like, well, do you think that because you were thinking about it now you're noticing those things mm-hmm. more or do you feel like there's a difference between noticing things that you're thinking about versus like an actual sign? I mean, I'm sure it kind of goes together because it, yeah. it is like – that is what's happening but it's – I think it's – there has to be a difference when you realize like it's not just a coincidence. Yeah, totally. I mean – For me, I've had so many crazy freaking things happen that literally cannot be coincidence anymore. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, going to that garage sale the next day after asking to see zebras, I mean, I wasn't just noticing zebras. Like, that showed up. And for me... You can't notice a zebra, like, in the middle of the yard. (laughs) I mean, for, for me, truly, like, whether or not this is just me noticing things or it's actually signs showing up doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. Right. Because I look at them and I'm so grateful and I consider them to be synchronicities and miracles. And that builds the belief that allows me to manifest this incredible life that I love. So for me, it truly doesn't matter. But I do believe that they are signs. I mean, there's some experiences I've had are just, you know, for example, another experience. um, I took a screenshot of a bedroom I wanted to manifest. It was like a a bed with these like giant windows overlooking a like a forest or a jungle. And I was like, oh, I need this in my life. And the next day I was flying to Kauai. I was moving there. And I get to the house I'm renting. And um, she was showing me my room. And she was like, hey, Kristen, it's so weird. But 
last night, you know, um, I had someone booked in the queen suite, but they unexpectedly moved out. Like, do you want an upgrade? It's empty. I was like, yeah, I want an upgrade, of course. So we walk into that room and it is literally the exact, like there's a bed with all of these windows overlooking the jungle. Yeah. And it's literally the next day. And it's like, that's not just me noticing things. Like that is weird if that's a, if that's a coincidence. Um, totally. So for me, it's just happened so much that I, I can't, there's, I can't yeah. even convince myself that it's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. And I think like me and my mom talk about this a lot with like certain people also, I think like when somebody dies in your family and then you end up having signs that like they're okay, mm. like, and you're kind of like a believer in that. Yeah. And I never grew up being, I guess it kind of, this is kind of off topic because it kind of relates to like faith. But it's yeah. similar. I mean, like, I never grew up with that. Yeah. Um, but then I hear stories of people that, like, really have that. And when somebody dies or just something, like, they get signs. And I think it's, like, that is something I also want to be more, like, aware of. And I think it's something when you, like, want it and you start, like, realizing that that's actually allowed to happen. And, like, yeah. they do happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm right there with you on that. And I do think that having some sort of faith is connected to this to all of this, right? Because that's what this is. Like, it's not necessarily religion, but you're having faith that there is something out there working for you. believing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not the one sending yourself these synchronicities. There's something else out there, whether for you it's universe or God or religion or Mother Nature or spirit source. Like, you know, it is, I think for me, a lot of this is based on faith. And I grew up, you know, kind of, I grew up like pretty religious and then like got out of it and just like had all of this trauma around it and just was super against any sort of faith. And so for me, this was kind of mm-hmm. finding faith in something again after being um, so against, um, you know, any kind of faith for a really long time. And just that in itself was yeah. really healing. So I know like the t- your kind of like slogan is like find your bliss. Um, why did you kind of, how did you kind of come up with that? And like, what do you, what's yeah. the meaning basically behind it? Yeah. So I came up with it when I was first starting my business. Um, I knew I wanted to use the word bliss, but I wasn't sure how. Um, and I actually was just like in a family chat with my family, like, what should I call my podcast? Um, yeah. and I think it's like my dad came up with it or something. My dad or my mom was like, oh, what about pursuit of bliss? But, um, yeah, it was just – I really like the word bliss because at, at the time when I was creating the brand, I was nowhere near any bliss by any, you know, definition of the word. I was the opposite. Right. And that was what I was craving. And I just wanted to find it so bad. I wanted to just be happy. I wanted to feel that joyful, blissful feeling of being at peace with my life um, that I just decided, like, to create that brand and to, like, share my journey in pursuit of that with other people And so that's kind of, you know, it's transformed into kind of something much bigger since then. But that was the original intention was I want to find bliss in my life, whatever that means. And I'm going to share the journey. So maybe it'll help some other people who who feel similar. Yeah, totally. I know I love that name. And I feel like it definitely, it definitely like resonates with a lot of people. And some people are like, don't even really know what like bliss is. And there's like a definition Mm -hmm. behind it. But it's also just like what you're doing is trying to help people find the happiness that you were able to find through all of like the steps that you took. And I don't know, it's just super, it's hard. Like it's so hard to like come from zero or wherever you're like really struggling from and to get out of that. But I think Mm -hmm. people think it's going to happen overnight and it's Mm -hmm. not. And it's also not only for people that are like in this terrible spot. I think like anyone can benefit from 
what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And, you know, the thing that I realized in the beginning when I was creating it was in the beginning, I thought I was like in pursuit of this external bliss. Like I wanted, I wanted my villa in Bali and I wanted to be making a lot of money and I wanted to have the car and the house and like all of the things. And what I realized throughout the journey is that, you know, it was never about those things because I manifested those things, but that's not what brought the bliss. You know, it was what I found is it's the creation of the internal bliss. It actually attracts all of the other things. And that can be created no matter where you are, whether you're in a situation you hate or one that you love. And it's all about creating that internal sense of peace and internal bliss. And that truly does attract everything else. And so the, the, the meaning behind Pursuit of Bliss has shifted where in the beginning it was almost like, let me shift my external reality to create bliss. And now it's, let me shift right. my internal reality to feel more bliss. And that will create everything externally that I desire. Right. It's it's funny because, like, I think a lot of times when you start something, it's like you have these big ideas of what you want it to be. And then as you're doing it, you're realizing, like, it's actually totally different. And, like, I'm totally – you're totally, yeah. like, molding it into something else, mm-hmm. trying to do the same thing, but it's still different. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> totally. Exactly. Like, it's, it's the same – it's similar. Like, it's still about bliss, but it's just I realized that it's a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be in the beginning. And um, – I'm sure it will continue to transform as I grow. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's so different than what it was a year and a half ago, but, um, I'm happy that it is, you know, it's growing as I'm growing and changing. Do you have a, do you have any goals? Do you have a goal for like, um, where you want it to not end up, but like where you see it going in like, I don't know. I'm like, what's your goal for the next five years? <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> I love it. I mean, yeah, I definitely – I do have goals for my business. Um, I intend it. I mean, the reason I started it first and foremost is to, is to serve as many people as possible. And I still want to serve as many people as possible. And, you know, now I've been able to help hundreds, but I want to reach thousands and hundreds of thousands. So totally. I intend for it to, to continue to grow and grow and grow. And I intend for it to eventually be – you know, a multi-million dollar business. And I want to be able to have a lot of full-time employees. One of my big dreams is I want to provide dream jobs for people. Uh, because I remember being in my job that I hated and just looking at other people who had incredible businesses and their assistants and people they worked with and, you know, what a great job they had. And I just, I want to be able to yeah. create jobs for people that people are so stoked to show up for. Um, yeah, like passionate about and they love and like yeah, love you exactly. as a boss too. Yeah, I really, really yeah. do feel passionate about about doing that for people. So I want to help more people and I want to create jobs for more people. And um, I want this to grow and evolve more and I want to eventually do a lot more public speaking and uh, host in-person re- events, things like that when, you know, the world is a little bit um, calmer. Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you – I don't know if like motivational like speaking is that something that you are interested in or is that not like yeah yeah no like I love speaking um obviously I have my podcast I just like gab on all the time but (laughs) um yeah (laughs) um but yeah no I would love to do like actual live speaking like motivational speaking um that is something that I had you know kind of planned for this year which obviously can't really happen with the no. world but yeah that is <laughs> yeah. I do see myself headed, headed in that direction of uh, doing more live speaking gotcha um okay so another question another interview question okay <laughs> um what do you do like what are your 
what do you do when you're like totally stuck? Like obviously this happens before you started this and now that you're in a, such a better place and like that doesn't mean that you don't have like bad right. days or like get totally stuck and like don't know what to do. But what would be like a few things that you would do to really like pick yourself up and get out yeah. of that like mode? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel totally stuck all the time. Like, it's, like, I think people think that once you, like, change your life and you're, like, living the life that you wanted, that suddenly it's, like, all bliss all the time and everything's perfect. Yeah, you're perfect. perfect. You're always happy. Like, Yeah. No, No, there's just as many lows as there ever were. You know, life is, you know, Other things get hard. Exactly. Other things come up. Yeah, the stress just moves from one thing to something else, truly, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But what do I do? Um... My number one thing, like I mentioned before, is like my number one thing is I go lay in the grass whenever I'm stressed or stuck or overwhelmed. Like I, I just have a bunch of grass in my backyard with these huge trees, and I literally just lay on on the grass. Uh, for me, there's something about just being like touching the earth. That literally grounded. Down. Yeah, literally, yeah. I grounded. I've heard it's that just, before. Yeah, yeah. It's it just it helps me so much. Um, number two is like to slow down. Like if I feel stuck. Um, it's usually because I've been taking too much of the wrong action. Um, like I've been hustling for the wrong reasons or there's something that's out of alignment. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to slow down and stop what I'm doing and just be present. Uh, because I found that when I'm being present, like when I'm laying in the grass, it helps me so much because all I'm thinking about is how good it feels to lay in the grass. And I'm looking at the trees and thinking how beautiful they are. And I'm not thinking about whatever is stressing me out. And I find that that's when the clarity tends to come, not when I'm trying to find the clarity or trying to solve my problem or trying to figure it out, but when I'm just totally present. Not thinking about it. Exactly. And for some people, that's meditation. For me, when I'm super stressed, it's easier for me to just like lay in gratitude and, and look at the beauty around me. Um, but I tend to find defocuses your mind and kind of like gives you an actual moment to be like, just Mm -hmm. forget about it for a second and then you can come back to it. But when you're trying to do that, you can't. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I have to remind myself that, Hey, Kristen, like we're, you're literally like this tiny little human being on this like piece of rock. That's like, you know, spinning around in the middle of like this constantly expanding enormous universe. Like everything that's stressing you out right now like is this really gonna matter in 10 years is it gonna matter in 20 years like what actually matters and bring myself back to like what actually matters in my life Mm -hmm. like it's not this stressful work situation it's not this whatever it is that's stressing me out like what actually matters is like my relationships and like love and laughter and gratitude and beauty and kind of just centering myself back on that um really does to help me bring clarity so to answer the question whenever I'm stuck my solution mm-hmm. is to not to try to get unstuck um, because that tends to never work. Um, it just creates more stress. But instead, it's just be present and um, to focus, to remind myself of my values and to focus on um, on gratitude. And no, I love that. That usually eventually brings me clarity. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I think that works so well. And it's like, it's also another one of those things that you, for me, and I think for a lot of people, like we really are like stuck or we're frustrated with the situation and our immediate thought is like how can I fix this and like mm-hmm. you're already in a state of frustration yeah. so like you're not gonna fix it right there exactly so you need to take a step away and like for me this is the worst because it happens at night for some reason when I'm about to go to sleep my brain does not turn off like mm-hmm. it's almost when I have like my most thoughts I need to like write stuff down or like I'm excited about something like it's not always a bad thing sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like so excited about something that like I can't turn my brain off yeah. and I can't sleep 
So it's like I have to like get up and like do something else because I'm, I'm not going to be able to force myself to even sleep. And then I'll have yeah. a terrible night's sleep. So right. it's very like you have to do something else than what you're doing to try and do the thing that you want to do. Exactly. You're not going to solve a problem from the energy that created it, which I think is yeah. like when we're so busy trying to fix our problem, that's almost always what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I have nights like that too. And what also really helps me is before I go to bed, if I have thoughts racing, it's like do a brain dump and like get everything on paper because if it's just swirling around in my head, I know that it's just going to be swirling around in my head all night long and I'm going to dream yep. about it and <laughs> – yeah. I am trying to like also not look at my phone before bed, yeah. but it's addicting and I can't I do it. I know. I am <laughs> I in think the same like, boat. Yeah. Like the, even the light from your phone when you're trying to sleep is telling your brain like, oh, you're not ready to sleep. So you're not tired even when yeah. you're so tired. And it's like, I need to, and everyone listening needs to just like not use their phone before yeah. bed. Although it's Oh my gosh. Hard, Easier like, said than done. I've been trying totally. to do the same. I've been turning on airplane mode earlier and I've been trying to also stop watching TV right before I go to bed and um which is also a struggle because you know it's just so easy you're exhausted it's a time to like relax yeah Yeah. so I've been trying to like I actually went yesterday oh you can see behind me I have like a bunch of plants I went to Home Depot and I was like I'm gonna make my room beautiful I'm gonna make it a place that I want (laughs) to be so I want to be in here I'll come in here and like light a candle and read my book because like I need to find a way to like want to be like chilled out before I go to bed instead of like you know, watching TV or just scrolling on my phone. So I'm trying to make right. my room like a beautiful sanctuary um, where I'm just going to be like, okay, no TV in here, like no scrolling Instagram in here. This is a place for journaling and for reading and for like relaxing. Um, so that's I'm another good that that like helps. tip, I feel like. Like, I mean, right now our place is a shit show and everything's everywhere. So we're just like, let's go to bed. But the goal is to make it a place where it's like, this is where we sleep. This is where we exactly. should be most relaxed. Like, I, we wanted windows in our room. Like, I wanted a king bed. I wanted, like, you know, I want to get plants and, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, for a place to be, like, you don't have to be working in that room. Like, that yeah. is not what that's for. So, like, yeah. making a space where you can be, like, re- actually relaxed. Is- it makes such a huge yeah. difference. Because what I realized is, because I just moved into this house, too. I've been trying to fill it up. And my room had really nothing in it but a bed. So at night, I would be, like, in the living room. So I'd watch TV. And I wouldn't even want to go in my room because I didn't like it in there. <laughs> Right. So right. I was like, okay, this is a problem. I need to just make making my room a sanctuary like my top priority. Um, so. And I think for people too, like with that, with, with like getting – making a room like a place where you want to be, it doesn't have to be like this luxury building that you live in and like yeah. you don't have to spend a lot of money to make it like that. There's so many like little things to do mm-hmm. to like make it somewhere you want to be. And like exactly. that's also something I don't want people to think that it's like, oh, well – you know, some people have all the money in the world. They can do whatever they want. It's like, but that's also not true for right, most people. Exactly. So. Yeah. Like some plants, yeah. some candles. Like I always get twinkly lights that it's got something going to put up. Yeah. Like, you know, just candles like 50 bucks. Anything. You can, yeah, make like yeah. beautiful little, yeah. Um, yeah. Twinkly lights are just like my favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so another big thing I kind of wanted to talk about because yeah. I struggle with this so much, and I think that you mentioned this is how to nicely I put nicely mm-hmm. say no <laughs> to people. Uh, I have like it's not that I want to like say no to everyone, obviously, but I feel like there's certain times where it's like I'm trying to be in my life at this moment. Is like I'm trying to have my job, have my career. I'm trying to like 
focus on my friends. Like I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good sister, a good daughter, like all of these things. And then I'm always like, I literally go throughout the day thinking of the list of people that I haven't reached out to. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's just so, there's, there's no end to the, mm-hmm. like the list and there's totally. not enough time in the day. And sometimes you just have to say no to people and that might be hurting somebody. So fix me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, this is huge for me because most of my life, like I grew up a, a total people pleaser and it's still an ongoing something that I'm working on. And for right. me, it was always, okay, I need to make sure I don't hurt their feelings. Like what's going to make them the most happy? Like and saying right. yes to everything and overexerting myself. And obviously that leads to burnout and stagnation. And, you know, what I now know is that to be the best friend possible, you have to say no and you have to spend time with yourself. Because otherwise, you're not showing up as fully you. You're showing up as this like half-assed version of yourself who is being there just to be You don't really want to be there. Exactly. And that's not the right energy. That's not the right intention. People people can feel that on some level. Um, So for me, what's really helped is like being completely honest. You know, like you can say no and literally say, you know, I made this commitment to spending more time with myself. Like I've been so overexerted. I want to spend time with you so badly. And I so appreciate like you and having your presence in my life. Um, but like, can we have a rain check? Um, and yeah. you know, just like being totally honest and like, Hey, like I made this promise to myself. Like I appreciate you and I do want to spend time with you. And this sounds so fun. Um, but I know that, you know, I need to show myself that I can trust myself and actually stick to the goals I set for myself. Um, yeah. and so that's been, been really big. But on the other side of that is also, you don't owe anyone an explanation if you don't want to explain Right? Like, right. if you want to say no, you can literally say, like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to be spending time with myself tonight, but thanks for the invite. Like, maybe next time. Um, yeah. You know, you don't owe anyone this long explanation. And that's another big thing is, like, honoring the power of your no and honoring that you are allowed to say no and you don't owe anyone anything else. And a lot of us have, you know, trauma from childhood and, like, subconscious belief systems that right. lead us to over-explaining all the time to make other people feel better, um, when in reality, that's not our job. Our job is to honor right. our truth in every single moment, and if in that moment your truth is this doesn't feel aligned, then that's your truth. Um, yeah. So it's really, like, what what feels best for you, and the thing here with saying no is it's just going to feel uncomfortable. There's no easy mm-hmm. way about it. When you're used to always people-pleasing, saying no is going to feel awkward. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel scary. And, um, and I feel like the other side is you're, I, I'm always worried that it's like, well, when I say no, and if I don't give an explanation and like, what are they thinking? They're probably like, Oh, that's super weird. Like, you know, and then it's like, kind of makes you feel another certain way. And it's like, you just have to like, know what you really want to do. And then I think over time after you do it again and again, it's like, I mean, not always saying no, but after you realize that like, you're allowed to take time for yourself, you won't care about what they're thinking in that moment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, always. And, you know, the thing is, when you're worried about someone and what someone else is thinking of you, like when we think, oh, they're judging me, like they think I'm a loser who doesn't want to go out, right. like what are they going to say? Like whenever we're, we're worried about others judging us, it's just a reflection of what we already think of ourselves. Always 100% of the time. Like right. regardless of what they're actually thinking, like who knows? Maybe they're judging you, maybe they're not. That does not matter. It's actually irrelevant. But what we do know is when I fear that they're judging me or that they're thinking X, Y, Z about me, what it actually means is I'm thinking that about myself and I'm projecting it on them because it's too painful for me to actually face the truth that this is what I believe about me. 
right? But no, when so we, true. But when we have that awareness, then it's an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity for growth because it's like, wait a second. This is actually what I think about myself. Where did this belief pattern or this thought pattern about me come from? And like, how can I shift this and heal this and move this, you know, in a loving direction? Um, because that is how we shift our realities. And when you shift the way you view yourself, the way people view you is also going to shift. Right. And I think um, it's so true because like Pat, my husband and I will like more than not times we're in bed by 10 every mm-hmm. night and we're just like, <laughs> we're tired. But then like sometimes I'm, when I think people are like, oh, Julia, you never want to go out. You never want to do this. And then that's what I think they think, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. But like, mm-hmm. that's what I think about myself. I'm like, I don't want to be like that right now, but like, I just am like, I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I do put those on myself. Like, I don't want to be always like that and I want to change that sometimes but like that's also like how I actually feel most of the time like I just want right. to go to bed early <laughs> right yeah and that's but not, I used to not be like that totally that's the thing like I feel like I used mm-hmm. to be like going out and like and I'm still young it's like why why am I so tired at 10 o'clock right I stay up? <laughs> and that's when the shift happens because like wait like this old version of me used to go out all the time and my friends love that version of me so like if I'm yeah. a different version of me are they still gonna love me and then we're worried, like, oh, if I'm not going out, I'm going to bed at 10. Like, what does this mean? Does it mean I'm going to receive less love? Like, that's what's going on in our subconscious mind. And then right. that can create this, like, <gasps> the FOMO and the need to go out. Totally. And, you know, but in reality, the biggest form of, of self-love is to love yourself and to show yourself unconditional love in the moments when you feel like you should be doing something different. To be laying in bed and being like, oh, I wish I had the energy to go out. Like, I really wish I was still that person, but I'm in bed right now. And you know what? Even though I can recognize that I wish I was able to be that other person, I still unconditionally love myself for honoring my truth and staying in bed. And those are the moments that we create those big internal shifts and we change the stories when you're literally like showing your subconscious mind and your inner child that like, I'm worthy of receiving love, even in the moments when I actually feel unworthy because of my old subconscious stories. And, um, you know, that's how we, that's how we create this like quantum transformational healing is really giving ourselves that unconditional love. Yeah. Those moments should almost be like a better realization. I feel like realizing Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, this is actually who I am and what I want to do. And like, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Totally. And, you know, for, for you to actually be in bed and be like, you know what, I'm really, I'm tired. I wish I could go out, but I'm tired. And my truth is I want to be in bed. But if you got up and went out to please your friends or to make sure, you know, that they don't think of you as a loser who's going to bed early, then you're actually just strengthening your old trauma patterns and your subconscious belief that says, I'm not worthy of love unless I act as this old version of me, right? You're literally right. training your mind to believe that, to receive love, to prove that I'm worthy I need to act as this old version of me or I need to do X, Y, Z rather than showing your mind that, no, I'm worthy of unconditional love, you know? So it's like the way we choose to act in those moments when the anxiety or the fear or the FOMO comes up is literally training our mind and showing us what we believe about ourselves. Yeah. Well, thank you for that coaching session. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we want to work on (laughs) Um. Okay, so something I don't do that I probably should do, people always talk about journaling, and I think mm-hmm. you mentioned that too, that you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like the benefits are of that? Like, I almost feel like I don't even have time or I'm not making the time to, yeah. like, sit and write my thoughts. And if I was, I would just write really quickly to, like, get them out. Right. I'm such an impatient person, if right. you can't tell. <laughs> I'm similar to you. Um, no, I mean, 
I do love journaling. I don't journal every single freaking day. Like I journal when I feel inspired to journal. Um, I do a lot of gratitude journaling where I'll wake up. Like I try to do like first thing in the morning, um, do gratitude journaling. So I'll either like just write a quick list of what I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. or I'll like seriously like pick one thing I'm grateful for and like just do a whole journal session on that. Like I try to get myself in gratitude in the morning. Um, and that has been transformational for me. Like I started that practice a couple years ago and I still don't do it consistently every single day. I do it a lot. And when I do do it, it makes a huge difference, you know, especially in the morning because it's like the mindset you get yourself into in the morning, that's how you carry yourself the rest of the day. Right. Totally. And so you wake up like frustrated and anxious and like, oh, mm-hmm. and then you take that energy with you the whole day long. And, so true. you know, but if you just shift that and like, hey, I'm going to refocus on gratitude, it's it, literally it's such a tiny shift, but it sets you right. up for a successful day and for like, you know, a, a better day. So it's been huge for me. And so for people like you and like me who like get impatient and don't want to sit and journal for like hours, because I'm definitely not that person, um, five minutes in the morning. Start with two minutes. Well, it's funny that you say that because those two things definitely just resonate. I was like, oh, like kind of like a light bulb clicked in my head where it's like, one, my first thought when I think of journaling is like every single day you have to do this and you have to write Mm. like what's bothering you and you have to (laughs) make a diary. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But I think it also can just be like what you want it to be and like kind of waking up and writing things that you're actually grateful for. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be what's on your mind. It doesn't have to be like all of these things. It can just be like a few bullet points of like what are you grateful for? And then like that kind of shifts your mood in the morning to like take that throughout your day. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there's nothing ever, ever, ever that I say that should be done every day because as soon as something is a should, uh, the energy's off. It becomes forced. It becomes just like, oh, I have to do this. And it it should not be like that. It should be like, oh, I get to do this, right? Like I buy myself like a beautiful journal I'm excited to open. And like if I truly am just like, no, like I can't do it this morning, then I don't. I don't force yeah. myself to, and, and that makes it a lot um, – and I, that makes me more consistent about it because it's actually something I look forward to. It's a positive practice in my life rather than, like, something I'm right. forcing myself you into every do. single day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, well, cool. Now I'm going to journal. <laughs> Everyone Yay. out there, get your journal. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so to wrap things up, I wanted to just get your first, like, two pieces of advice to anyone listening just out of anything that we've said today like what is your main advice ready okay (laughs) my first piece of advice is uh spend more time with yourself schedule some white space like actually schedule it into your schedule i like get your calendar (laughs) block out an hour with yourself like call it white space no tv no internet like no scrolling instagram like you and yourself um if that means like meditating or journaling or laying and doing nothing like spend time with yourself and schedule it in um and then number two would be um start before you're ready whatever it is that you have on your mind I always say that yeah just do it because you're never gonna wake up and feel ready you're never gonna wake up and not feel scared you're never gonna wake up and feel more confident it's a myth like just do it it's on your mind for a reason and if it's on your mind I truly believe it's meant for you or it wouldn't be on your heart um so that would be my two biggest pieces the second one is like so true with me I always tell people this because I'm like if I well how I started my blog was like I was at a party like in college and I was telling this guy that I wanted to do this and I was like I think I'm gonna wait till after college because like I'm just be like more ready to do it and I'll just have like you know things ready to go and he was like oh I wouldn't wait because like 
it's getting pretty saturated already. This was like four years ago. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh my God. And like literally the next day I went home and started and yeah. I didn't feel ready, but I just did it. And like, it didn't happen overnight. But if I would have waited, that would have taken two more years. Right. Like I was exactly. a junior, you know? Yeah. So, and that totally. could, that's a big thing, but it could be with like little things too. So. Yeah. Literally with anything. Totally. And that was me with my business, my podcast. Like when I started my podcast, I was so terrified. When I published it, I turned my phone off, like threw it across the room, couldn't look at it. Like felt like I could puke. I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if I hadn't done that, like, where would I be now? Yeah. Same thing. Like, exactly. Yeah. You're never going to be ready. Piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any favorite books or like inspirational people mm. besides yourself? <laughs> besides me. People yeah, should. of course. My future book. Um, <laughs> yeah. my, the book that changed my life is called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, it's so good. I, uh, when I was living in Mexico a couple years ago, someone like gifted that book to me. And then that same person took me to the beach and taught me to meditate and read that book like three times in a week. And that changed my whole life. It's so good. Um, Who's it by? It's by Eckhart. It's like T-O-L-L-E is his last name. Like, is it Tool or Tole? I don't know. I'll find Um, it. Yeah. (laughs) If you Google a new earth, you'll find it. That one's really, really good. Um, Another really good one is called uh, A Happy Pocket a happy pocket full of money. Um, that one is all about money mindset and um, abundance. And um, for anyone who feels like they have an anxious relationship with money, um, I mm-hmm. highly, highly, highly recommend reading that book. Um, and, oh, A Surrender Experiment. That's another one. Um, is that a book? Yes. That's okay. by Michael something. Um, it just look up A Surrender Experiment and you'll find it. That book changed my whole life. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyone looking to change their life? Yeah. Those, those um, three books, like I would say are probably my top three that I've read the most times. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So happy to have you. Um, why don't you tell everyone like where they can find you and like about your coaching sessions, even mm-hmm. like what they are a little bit of like what they are and where cool. people can find you on yeah. like social. So you can find me on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore after it. Uh, I also have a podcast called Pursuit of Bliss and a YouTube, and um, I have two different forms of coaching. So I have one manifestation academy, which is the 10-week academy that you get lifetime access to and support from me, and then I am also right now launching another program, um, which is the manifestation certification program for people who want to do coaching, um, so getting certified to be a coach and launching your own business. So. Those are my two offers right now. Those are the best ways to work with me. Um, And you can find all the info for that stuff on my Instagram. All right. So that was the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow her. Listen to her podcast that she had just mentioned. And don't forget to follow us on social. Love that for you. Um, Send me a DM. Send Pat a DM if you guys are have any questions or just kind of want to chat. And we will see you guys on next week's episode.